What's up, everybody? It is week number one of the Halloween movie series on Flixtape. The countdown is over. The wait has ended. We are getting in to Halloween movies for the next four weeks. It's going to be a very trying time for Dan. Uh, for those of you who don't know, deathly afraid of horror movies. Under the blanket watching this stuff, but we're going we're gonna to get through it together. Before we go too deep, I want to say this yeah. right now. I forgot to put the poll up for the, the Serial Olympics final first round matchup. I will put it up this week. It's just been a crazy week of travel. Leaving to go to Boston tomorrow for my brother-in-law's wedding. Uh, so, I don't want to award a victory here because this, this obviously has heavy implications for the second round. Even though I don't feel like either one of these matchups are like super duper close, but in the interest of the integrity of this of this tournament, I will put the poll up this week, and on next week's we'll finally finish the first round <laughs> and then move on into the second round uh, in week three. So, Serial Olympics update. The movie for today uh, came suggested by Nick RLC. He originally had suggested Colt to Chucky. He then... Uh, change his mind, suggested New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. He got to do this because he left a five-star review, which, if you have an interest in uh, in a horror movie for this month, encourage you to leave that, let me know, and you will get to pick. So, Dan, before we get into all things New Nightmare, anything you want to talk about? Um, Not a whole lot that, that, that I really want to talk about. Um, Have you... Since we're, you know, Flicks tape and we're heavily based in Netflix, have you been watching Voltron? I've not. No, I've never seen it. I don't even understand how. I mean, they're killing it for one, but I don't understand. Because season four is about to drop on the 13th, which is crazy because they're hitting us with like six to eight episodes at the time. And okay. I and I guess from an animated standpoint, that's a. Uh, you know, I, w- I would think that it would take longer to do this stuff, but man, they're mowing through them. And I must say, I am I was excited to get that notification today. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure some other Flixtapians that are watching uh, Voltron. <laughs> Flixtapians? Yeah, man. That's I just, awesome. Yeah, I like that. I, like yeah. I think we're going to roll with that. Uh, it's official. Yeah, Flixtapian. So if you're out there and you're checking out whatever, matter of fact, I mean, you know, of course you recommend movies and stuff to us, but... Just hashtag flicks tape us with some other stuff you're you're watching on Netflix, uh, cause I'm ready to dive back into Voltron, and um, I still have to finish up the most recent season of Narcos, and I also watch Ripper Street, which is a BBC import, um, which I think you would like too. Um, uh, it's, did we talk about Ripper Street already? I feel like we did. No, we have not talked about Ripper Street. Is it horror? Actually, no, but no, but it's uh, it's set in in um London, not long after the Jack the Ripper murders, and the the detectives that were you know in charge of catching him, you know they're still on it, they're still trying to catch him, but they're also dealing with, you know, other murders and other crimes and whatnot, and the guy, and I always forget his name, in Game of Thrones, uh. He was Tyrion's little knight dude, but now he's rocking with Jamie. What's his name? The the you know what I'm talking uh, about? Uh Braun. Braun. He's yeah. uh he's one of the main char- main the stars of Ripper Street and it's like 
he kind of dips in and dips out because he was recording Game of Thrones at the same time. So it's kind of cool to see that too. But yeah, oh, there's apparently been like five seasons of this show. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's pretty dope. So uh, if you haven't checked out Ripper Street, I think you will like it. And that's just my little <laughs> look. Flick tape slash the TV division of Flick tape. <laughs> Um, I've also been watching something, but not on Netflix lately. Yes, yes. And that is a little TV show called Vikings. Yes. Which uh, I refer to as being Norwegian Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> and I, I, I'm confident in that because it is, it is a super dumb but amazingly compelling TV show. It's like... Um, it's like if like Game of Thrones had like a Fast and the Furious... Like cousin that was on, that's what it would be. Like, uh, it's I, I don't know. I, earlier this week, I was like, "Do I like this better than Game of Thrones?" And probably not. It just moves. Like this show, yeah, is hauling ass. Like, there's not really a lot of uh, of fluff in there. And you know what I found weird about Vikings? Because full disclosure, I'm I'm all the way caught up on Vikings. You already know that. Now, many Flick Sapiens probably watch Vikings too. Um. One thing that is kind of weird is when you look up the fact that it's it's based on uh you know actual events, kind of sorta, because it's like this stuff happens like during an era where they didn't document everything very well, right? So, so and like every dude is based on a real dude, yeah. But but a lot of the stuff that that unfolds, um, is supposed supposedly happened, but it's like. Some of the, like, for example, I'll just say this, and it won't change any of your writing experience, of your viewing experience, but R- Rollo and, uh, uh, God dang, R- Ragnar, they're brothers, but some of this stuff is kind of happens closer together on the TV show than it supposedly happened in history. But, um, right. but, but I think that that makes it even the more doper, though. Yeah, I, I really recommend Vikings Hard, and, and I must say that the intro is just, bananas has me looking for an axe to go cut somebody's head every time it drops <laughs> so um also related to vikings uh sunday night went out uh for dinner with my wife yeah had a few beers came home had a few more beers Uh oh um so today i returned home from work to a couple things sitting on my kitchen counter that uh i ordered off of the old amazon <laughs> um the first being Two bags of K cup pods for a brand of coffee called Odin Force <laughs> Coffee, <laughs> and the the set the second being a like made out of like stone and steel, uh, skull wearing a crown Viking mug, uh, that I wore. That's actually super sick. I'm gonna take a picture of it. Yes. and uh, I'll post it on Twitter. It's like really well done. It's like c- clearly made out of like. Not really stone, but like a stone-ish material. It's good. It's awesome. So I now have this giant Viking skull coffee mug and two bags of Odin Force (laughs) coffee. What's funny about... First, the the funny thing is this is typical Dustin as as long as I've known you. You you, you will order something on the impulse like bing. But the the second thing that's funny is, um, you know, I kind of caught up on Vikings maybe like one season late so i watched season one like on demand but after that i kind of like start watching it on tv and what's funny about that is they'll have like these dodge ram commercials or, or whatever they're trying to sell commercials and they will all be viking themed like 
they would they would they they would make them Viking themed about homeboys, you know, watching who watch right, Vikings right. together and, and they're in the man cave and they, they would just feed into it even more. Kind of like with SOA, how they would kind of make all of their commercials like biker themed. And it was just just funny that you, you know, you went out and bought this mug, which is something that they probably would be trying to hawk doing Vikings commercials. <laughs> yeah. Also, shout out to Amazon Prime. They're they're Vikings. Uh, you have no breaks. Like they're the, they're straight forty two minutes. Yeah, hum through them. Hulu, even though I have the no commercials, Hulu still yeah. has commercials, which is weird. <laughs> you get one that's like in the middle of the show that'll pop up and be like, um, "We're going to give you the opportunity to not have commercials for the rest of this show if you'll watch this one minute and fifteen second movie trailer." Would you like to? And you're like, "Hey, well, I already pay for no commercials." Yeah. So, how, which seasons this week? This is derailed, but which seasons are on um, Prime and which seasons are on Hulu? All of them. Oh, so you could okay. Here's the thing: is uh. For some reason, like I'll I'll never know what it is. It's kind of like whenever we're describing like the iTunes algorithm, yeah, it's just like something we know exists but have no idea what it does. Yeah, um, like sometimes in a hotel, like Hulu will stream flawlessly, uh. but Amazon Prime will be like stop start all the time. Yeah, so I'll just like flip like whatever one is working. I'm just like all right, we'll we'll go with that one. You know that that um describes my whole process that you you pick on the about when I'm watching uh, stuff Jack. on my lunch, well, movies on my lunch break. Oh. Um, and, you know, once Netflix came out with the genius idea to let you download episodes or movies, that was just great, sweet. But um, some stuff you can't download. Like, I couldn't download New Nightmare, so I had to kind of just stream it myself. I really watch all of it at home anyway. But um, there are times when Netflix just doesn't cooperate in my you know break room at work. And I'll just give up and go to YouTube, which is insane that YouTube is flawless when Netflix isn't, which is like, why? Yeah, it's yeah. the same Internet. Why? It's probably some the way they down, um, down, um, downsize the files or whatever to make them work on certain devices. I'd have to say. All right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Techno- technology, guys. That's what we're that's what it's all about here on Flix Tape. <laughs> so. We're getting in. We're getting into the the new nightmare, Wes Craven's new nightmare, which I'm going to say is the Royce the Five Nine. Oh my god! Of movies, oh because I want to bring this. I want to bring up Royce the Five Nine on every episode. Oh of my show god! Until we're until we're dead. The, the fact um, that you just compared this movie to Royce the Five Nine, even by your standards, is one of the biggest reaches of all reaches. Well, yeah. here's why. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why it is. Okay. Which, like all Royce the Five Nine arguments, I'm 100% correct about. Uh, <laughs> which is, <laughs> this movie is critically acclaimed. You, you, you like, got this movie has an 80%, an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't believe it. It has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. It has overwhelmingly positive critical reviews. Um, this movie was like, it's kind of like the movie that was marked like, this is going to save the nightmare on Elm Street franchise it's so ahead of its time it's so good new nightmare critically acclaimed but upon watching it i'll go ahead and ostracize those of you who are big fans now make you you know crash your car into a ditch if you're listening while driving this movie much like royce to five nine is abjectly terrible oh my god (laughs) no matter what level of critical acclaim you heap on this upon watching it and experiencing it for yourself it is not any good 
uh, much like a rapper whose gimmick is referring to his height in his name. First, first off, go ahead. I 100% agree about this movie. It's terrible. The which I was going to say, you can always tell how bad the movies is by how many times I change the subject before we get into the movie. And we talked about Vikings and everything under the sun before I, we started talking about this. So I agree. This movie is terrible. It has mortal See, Com- I thought you were just changing the subject because you, you knew that talking about this would bring up the fear again that you felt <laughs> while watching it. And you're just like, you're I, like could, I don't want to I literally I steal myself for this podcast. I don't want to come off soft and reveal oh my God. I could have watched this movie with my six-year-old in the room. Um, but, the you know I totally, like, for, for whatever dislike you may have for Royce the 5'9", there is no way you can, with a clear conscience, say he's as big a disappointment to rap as this movie is to horror movies. Because this movie is, this movie, this movie is terrible. This movie has Mortal Kombat level special effects with way with probably a comparable if not comparable budget it is and and this this goes back to getting network this has what's that 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 day of the warrior this has day of the warrior level acting (laughs) the acting in this movie is next level (laughs) it is i'll give everybody in this movie credit none of them are mailing it in they're all going for it in the most like bombastic way possible. Um, so credit there, credit there. But yeah, this is this man. I don't know. I don't, at eighty percent on that's insane. Like that is super good. That that means that the only people on Rotten Tomatoes that are leaving reviews have to be Nightmare fans, right? But yeah, those are critics. Like Rotten Tomatoes is a critics aggregator, not a not a like. I go on and write about it, aggregator. That, that, that I don't believe it. Uh, something they had to fix must be in. Like this movie. Not to mention, like, okay, when we review Deja Vu, we our biggest harp on that movie was the fact that some of the the time travel just didn't make sense, right? This <laughs> right, right. Th- this right. This and that, and that whether or not they had facial recognition was up for debate. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah, all all of the above. This this whole Freddy trying to come into the real world and needing more time, and you know, it not being a movie, being real. This is probably the most poorly executed storyline it was terribly executed would you I, I mean i don't even know where to begin with that are we doing this in chronological order i guess we have to huh well here, here before we get into the actual plot of the movie um uh, i'll say this in the fact that you know two years after this Wes craven would make the movie scream mm-hmm. um which was very much like uh like turning like all the tropes of horror movies on its head and was like a groundbreaking movie, like changed the way that like horror movies were made from that point. And this is like a weird era of time of movies where you can watch like a, one dude's two movies and see like where one movie was just him like trying stuff out that mm. then made the second movie better. And this, I feel like, standalone is a, a horrible movie. Like it's just just yeah. nothing really redeeming about it. But I also think that he he figured out a lot of the stuff he wanted to do in Scream from this 
So in that regard, I guess it's cool because I mean, I guess you know, I would say the the barrier of entry for making movies now is getting easier. Like we went through a period where it just like if you weren't a franchise or a blockbuster, but now you have you know Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and all these people getting into the make content game. Yeah. So you could see movies like like this getting made again. But at this point like it was like this is the this was like the Avengers sort of thing of its time. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um like a mega franchise that studios were like, "Yes, make another one, please. Here's the money." Yeah. And I just boy, this is this movie, man, was I was I was saddled in to be like this is going to be dope. And I'll say that the idea, it's a cool idea. The 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 brief synopsis on IMDb had this idea been flushed, you know, fleshed out in the movie somehow, it might have been a better movie. This sentence I must read to you. If Go ahead. It, a demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as his portal to the real world. Now, I, I'm just stopping right there. That's the sentence. Had that been explained or, you know, executed in some force, that there's some demon that's going to use this fictional character as his way to get into the real world, that would have made the movie all the better. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can even, I can get on board with, like, the way it's, the way it's presented to say, like, okay, these people were in Nightmare on Elm Street. The fictional character, Freddy, uh, like, feeds on your fear. Mm-hmm. And when you have nightmares, that's what sort of, that's what, like, brings him into the real world, is yes. your fear and nightmares. and since so many people have seen the movie and been scared by it, it's now pulling fictional character Freddy into reality. Which, again, guys, this isn't meant to be like a physics it's uh, a horror movie podcast. So yeah. But, but like, all right, I'm with you. Sure, whatever. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street is so terrifying that the character you made up has now garnered the power to become real. If it was done that simply, or with the demon thing, that simply, yeah, this movie would be a trillion percent better. Yes. But the amount of waking up from a dream scene in this oh my movie, God. it is like Inception on steroids. This movie is what inspired the movie Inception. <laughs> is You will watch a 30-minute scene in this movie that is a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. Yeah. I mean, but then really, to be honest, I, it's been, shoot, I can't remember last time since I watched the, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but isn't that the crux of the whole series, though? I mean, you, the only way you don't die is to wake up. So, like, that's right, kind of, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. No, but he can, yeah, but he can come into the, like, as he gets stronger, Freddy can come into the real world. Yeah. I got you. Um, so I mean, I just I just read like the trivia and I read like what they were going for in this movie, and it's like, oh, well, you didn't, you succeeded at none of this. <laughs> like to be like Wes Craven was like, you know, it got too jokey in some of the sequels when like Rennie Harlan, uh, who's done Deep Blue Sea for us, did Dream Warriors. I believe that's the one Rennie Harlan did. Um, like it, it Freddie became like kind of like a wisecracking, like almost like a comedy villain. And then this one was like, he, Freddy's supposed to be scary. We're going to make him scarier. They, none of that happens. Yeah. They, Freddy, as in what we're led to believe, like the real Freddy that's, that's 
been like pulled out of the movie and into real life is like not in 98% of this movie. No, he he is not in 90, 90% of the movie and the mo- this movie is pretty much this is probably the most I've ever seen a horror movie spin developing the storyline. The the majority of this 2-hour movie is setting up for about what 20 30 minutes of action 20 or 30 minutes of like of the straight up uh temple that Shao Kahn lived in in Mortal Kombat Annihilation mm. is the set piece of the the big the big battle at the end of this movie with with no explanation whatsoever how this guy ends up in what looks like hell and it's obvious that a lot of this you know, I mean you brought Mortal Kombat special effects which is 100% on the nose accurate because there's so many scenes in this movie that, to paraphrase uh, Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park, when he's like, uh, you know, they were they were so focused on whether or not they could reanimate dinosaurs that they never thought whether or not they should do it. And this yeah. this movie is so obsessed with like, oh, we're gonna do a cool new graphic of like Freddy's claw coming through a seat. That it's just like you didn't need to do that. You don't you don't no. need to do CG Freddy because he's just a dude. And then, you know, the funny thing about it, um, and I don't know if it's because we are Dustin and Dan of Getting Networked, uh, but this Freddy dude, I don't I don't understand what his deal is with the little boy, but he's like a bad heel wrestler and just telegraphing his moves in, the, near, in that last whole segment. And it's like, it took all of the fear out of anything. Like, you know, the whole thing about these movies is you want the the hero or heroine of the movie to be about a, you know, an eyelash from dying several times. Right. But I never, right. you, you never really get that feeling that she or her, you know, son, which I know we're going to go through the plot line, were ever that much in danger, really not. Well, to- it's like you want, you want like, just like the baby face in wrestling to be like virtuous, but like, you know, a little gullible, yeah, a little where the heels like trickery, can get yeah. him into some trouble, but Heather Langenkamp, who's the who played Nancy in the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, plays herself in this movie. Is the dumbest protagonist in movie history. Like her character is brain dead. Oh my god! Yes. I like. Mean, uh, let's just. You want to just let's just get into this. Get let's into get it, into man. Come on, let's do it. So the movie opens up in like. Uh, like a furnace, which of course Freddy, the Freddy Krueger character is, is he was a child molester and then the town trapped him in a building and burned the building down and he died and that's why he's all burnt up and all that. So that's the idea. So the movie opens, you're like in this this kiln where you see like the glove uh, being like put together and then we realize it's a scene that's being filmed in a Wes Craven movie for another Nightmare on Elm Street movie that we are not familiar with right now. Yeah. Um that doesn't really I mean it doesn't really come into play. That's where we meet Heather Langenkamp playing herself, uh her husband Chase. This is not her real life husband, but her real life husband is a props guy, much like the character in this movie is to believe. And then we meet making his second appearance on the show. The first being the kid from Spawn. <laughs> Nico Hughes playing Dylan. Uh, Heather Langenkamp's son, and I I never would willfully pick on an eight-year-old, but quite possibly the worst actor in the history of movies. 
<laughs> yeah, he was bad, man. He And you know what? Here's where I don't blame him is it was a dumb idea to make this kid do all the heavy lifting in the movie. All the acting heavy wise, which is what they do. They're yes. like he's going to do everything. He's going to be the vehicle between uh the vehicle through how this entire story unfolds. Oh, and he doesn't know how to act. Do you think it was um them trying to capture some of the magic that was the original Poltergeist, where the little girl pretty much stole the show for the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, yes, it could be, sure. Yeah, but it's light years away. This is too campy. I mean, yeah. And you, you know, you don't blame the eight-year-old, because somebody's, no, number one, somebody's feeding them these lines. And number two, somebody is looking at these takes and saying, yeah, that's it. That's the one Nailed we Nailed it. Crushing it. Yeah. And then someone is saying, we really wanted this movie to be more serious than all the other ones. If they were like, <laughs> this is a super campy movie with this kid that is just going bananas with his acting choices, it would have been like, all right, yeah, then you're, you're succeeding. You're succeeding at doing this. Yeah. Just real quick before we get into the movie, here's what I, here, I'd say, and I think you would agree with me, uh, Bloody April Fool's is considerably better. Definitely. Than this. Definitely. Um. This this is a this is a farce of a horror movie. Like this is more fan service than anything else. So the two there's two other prop guys that are working on the claw, and they're like something's wrong with it. If uh, like one of the servos is broken, it's like clenching and like moving, and and Chase touches it and it, it like clenches up and cuts his finger because of course like you know <laughs> in a movie they need the claw to be like real razor sharp. sharp. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the glove. Leaps off the table, murks a dude by like just going through his throat. Yes, skitters across the table like a like a rat. Uh, hides behind a desk, then grabs the second dude by the leg and straight up like barracas his chest. Just like does like the tickle blades down into his chest. Kills that guy. And then it's coming for Chase, and then Heather wakes up from a dream, and it's an earthquake. Yes, in her house. Uh, she sees that Chase's fingers are really cut. She starts telling him about the nightmare that she had, that whatever Danny and Leon got killed by the Freddy Krueger claw and cut. And then Chase is like, Heather, you were probably half awake and saw my fingers get nicked when the mirror fall. Dreams are like that. No, they're not. No, no they're 100% or not. <laughs> no, they're definitely not like that. <laughs> yeah, that's never happened to me. Where I've woken up and been like, was that the dream? Yeah. Especially yeah. during an earthquake. Yeah, I mean, that, that in itself, there's a lot of weird stuff here. Um, which, <laughs> like, number one, I thought that, and I guess, you know, you get that, um, I forgot about that, that even though she was asleep, Freddie hurt her husband, you know? Right. Um, I forgot about that aspect of it, but it comes into play later. But yeah, he's he's real nonchalant. Like, yeah, wait, is that yeah? That's a great point you just brought up. Is that um, somebody New Jersey Nick who has a great horror podcast? Um, he may need to correct us on that. That's not how it works, right? Like, if I'm having a dream and you're awake, Dan, and you're like you're at the grocery store right now, but you happen to be a character in my dream, Freddie can't hurt you. I- I can't, you know. Freddie is Freddie is straight up bodying people that aren't asleep. Yeah, that she's dreaming about. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say because apparently from her dream, 
those dudes came came up missing, right? That's oh why yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Chet and whatever Larry, they're they're dead. Yeah. Now we don't even know if they were asleep. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and then later on, you know, clearly somebody wasn't asleep and got murked in the worst way. <laughs> it was crazy. Um. Chase leaves to go do some crop FX work somewhere, somewhere like a thousand miles away because he has to go out of town. And then uh, Heather comes downstairs and she finds Dylan watching the original Nightmare on Elm Street on TV. And this was the moment where I was like, oh boy, they're really going to give this kid a lot of stuff to do because (laughs) she unplugs the TV and Dylan has this like extreme close up, like scream sequence in response where he's just like screaming because she unplugged the TV. And it could not come off worse. Yeah, I mean, I for a long time I was trying to figure out what they're what they're doing with this because they were a lot of implications here. They implied a lot of things that you, you never heard, or by the time you heard them, you had already come to that conclusion yourself. Like it was implied that this this little boy had some issues, you know. Um, one of which we find out was he apparently sleepwalks. Um. But they never really addressed it. But then, you, you, like, when he was screaming at the TV, I was like, are they trying to say that this, this kid is like, got anxiety or something? You know, it was just a lot that they didn't really verbalize that as they left it out there, it made for awkward, you know, scenes. So at, at this point, and maybe for the next two hours, Heather doesn't think anything's really amiss. So you just had a crazy dream about Freddy where he cut your husband's fingers. You wake up, his fingers are cut. You're like, okay, all right, maybe. Maybe that's a that's a weird coincidence. Yeah. You come downstairs, your son's watching Nightmare on Elm Street. You unplug it, he starts screaming. She's like, okay, unrelated, unreal. That probably not anything to be worried about. The phone rings, and it's Freddy on the phone. She hangs up the phone. The phone rings again. It's, it's Freddy again. <laughs> she hangs up. Still, still not connecting any of these unrelated events together. Uh, then, like five minutes goes by, and she gets a third call. Like not, not any. I mean, plenty of time. Like the babysitter's shown up at this point. Yeah. The third call comes in. The phone rings for the third time, and she just picks it up and goes, "Leave us alone, you son of a bitch!" And the guy's like, uh, "This is the limo driver." And it's like, who? <laughs> Who would do that? Yeah, I mean, first, who would answer the phone? Like, the second and third time. Like, oh, you playing on my phone? We're just going to... Now, this prank call thing, this is... I think this is... He he took this and did it again in Scream. Because that's obviously, like, the iconic Scream opening where Drew Barrymore gets the, you know, want to watch a scary movie? Like, the that those calls. I think this yeah. prank call thing is where he figured that, that idea out. Well, according to IMDb, she really did have a real-life stalker after doing nightmare and craven got her permission to to you know use it as a part of the storyline so yeah but i mean th- imagine yeah. in the pre-internet world 1994 when this movie came out you would know you wouldn't know that no i had no we had to have have no idea so th- therefore it's it's dumb to put it in the story of a movie to be like oh she had a real life stalker let's make it let's make it real to the people that are acting in the movie so they'll know it's true to life. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. It is weird. Um, she's all nervous or whatever, and the babysitter goes, you know, are, are you just, uh, are you upset from the shaker this morning? That's, no one's ever referred to an earthquake that way. Absolutely not. Especially 
not anybody from the West Coast in California, I would I would say. So Heather is getting interviewed because this is the tenth anniversary of Nightmare on Elm Street. So she goes to be on this TV show, and the interviewer's questions are just crazy. Like, Heather, can you can you tell us if Freddy's really dead? And it's like they, it's not. It's a it's a movie. Like yeah. that would like that's a question that's never been asked before. Well, I mean, were they weren't they asking it from the perspective of movie as movie fans though? Like, will there be another movie? That's how I took that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good question to ask. Like Wes Craven, the guy making it, not a woman who has appeared in none of them except for the first one. Yeah, I mean, th- you're like eight sequels deep, and we're like, hey, I know you haven't been in any of the seven of them uh, that have followed, but. Do you have any inside information on whether they're making another one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, that, that whole talk show thing, like, I, I really, and like you said, this was not the internet era, so how many people were watching a TV show about the 10th anniversary of Nightmare on Elm Street in 94? Right. I guess this is supposed to be, like, like Ricky Lake or like whatever, like a daytime talk show, because all this is just used to set up that he's like, I think Freddy's alive. Let's bring him out. And then uh, Robert England, who is the actor that has, of course, uh, like made his whole career off of being Freddy Krueger, comes out in the makeup. This is not the Freddy that's coming from the movie into the real world. This is the actor Robert England. Yes, playing himself dressed as Freddy. Yes. And you can just see that Heather is like disturbed by yes. this. Yeah. So it's so many weird contradictory scenes where she like she seems to have like a rational point of view of like, oh yeah, that's a movie I was in as an actress. Clearly it's not real. And then also being like, Oh, this Freddie is real. And it's yeah. like <laughs> pick pick a lane, Heather. Yeah, because because the fact that you didn't pick a lane made it hard for us to care. Like that that's I think that's the biggest thing. Like ultimately when this movie you're about thirty minutes into this movie, it's like, okay, Freddie's gonna get at her when nobody's there to help her, yada yada yada, eventually she'll find a way to kill him. Which I mean that's you know, that never stopped us from reviewing wrestling because we ultimately know for the most part what's gonna happen, even if we can't predict the outcome. But this right. is, this movie is is uh pretty much that it's like you know, couple of people she cares about are gonna die, but she'll survive. <laughs> that's pretty much how what I thought about it, and that's how it pretty much worked out. So she gets called into a meeting with Robert Shea, who is the real life uh, producer of the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and he is like, "We're gonna offer you a role in the definitive Nightmare on Elm Street movie." And Heather is like, but I thought Freddy's dead. And it's like, this is a this is a fictional character still, guys. Yes. How is that a normal reaction to this? Yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity for you to make more money off of a movie you've already started. Whether or not they bring him back from the dead with one arm, two fingers on his claw, whatever. Yeah. A real person would just... Be like, yeah, okay. How much? And is Robert's it like, the reason, the reason we're we're doing this movie, and Wes is writing it because Wes has started having nightmares again. He hadn't had a nightmare since the first movie came out, but he's starting having nightmares again. So he's writing a new one, and she's like, "Oh my, he's having the nightmares again." And it's like, you're you're an actress. 
That's what you're you're playing yourself, yes. the actress, and you're already bought in on on Freddy, a fictional character being real at this point in the movie. <laughs> yes. Or is she? Because the next scene is is Dylan is freaking out in the bed where he was taking a nap, like losing his mind, screaming. Yeah. And she comes in to wake him up, and Dylan wakes up and is like, "Never sleep again." And Heather is like, what, "What do you think's wrong with him?" <laughs> and it's like, "Hold on, you were scared to take a part in a Freddy movie because you thought Freddy is real, and then your son is having a sleep seizure, wakes up, says never sleep again, and you're like, what do you think? What do you think this is? You think this is strep throat? What do we got here? Clear, clear, clearly, these two <laughs> things can't be related. Yeah, I'm Heather Langenkamp." I was lobotomized before this movie started. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Let's let's get this thing together. So something is missing. This is this is what like and it it was boring to me to be honest with you for like the first hour and some change, I'd say. Like it was just boring because you were going through the motions of nobody believing her but her having to convince herself that it was really happening. I don't know. That, that's kind of what what struck me. It's like I really didn't anticipate this much of a breakdown, to be honest with you. <laughs> there is a, uh, the dinosaur, his his pet dinosaur, has been clawed through three claw marks at it. Again, yes. Heather is like, huh, what, what could have done this? There's stray cats in the neighborhood? I sure don't want to be in that Nightmare on Elm Street movie because Freddy might be real, but can't, none of this, <laughs> none of this could be his doing. <laughs> and yeah. then she calls Chase like, I need you to come home. Something's wrong with Dylan. And Chase is like, oh, you know, Chuck and Terry didn't come in. Those dudes that died in your dream last night, they're not here today. And she's just like, okay, whatever. That's that's not a concern of mine anymore. And yeah. then that, that he needs to come home because Dylan is acting like Freddy. And Chase is like, all right, I'll be right there. And gets in his car. You could see before, while he's on the phone, the new glove he was working on. The new Freddy glove was there. And then it's gone. Back yeah. at the Langenkamp household, she's reading Dylan Hansel and Gretel as a bedtime story. Yeah, sick call, Mom. Let's let's read a famous fable about a woman trying to murder two kids. That'll put him right to sleep. <laughs> yes, Hansel and Gretel. Oh, you mean the kid that had a sleep sir, a sleep seizure a few hours ago and yes. woke up saying never sleep again? Let's let's read him a, a horror story. Uh, definitely with some wild stuff and poor logic like you if, if anything else like she's steady cutting off lights and the boy's like hey let me get some lights it's like if you're already shook of what could happen why would you put him in the dark uh we see chase driving home in his truck uh none of the radio stations are working he's falling asleep while driving he's falling asleep in a way that you would think uh, he had just, like, done heroin before he started driving. Like, no one has ever gotten tired driving a car to the level he is. Uh, <laughs> he, he tries to call Heather on, a, like, a walkie-talkie. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, that doesn't work. Uh, so he's trying to flip it. Cars swerving everywhere. And then we see horrible uh, Mortal Kombat level, uh, spawn level, CG, <laughs> as you see that the glove he was working on is under his seat, and it comes through... Uh, the fabric of the seat. It looks like, like a shark fin coming out of the water. Like, that's what it's from. And then the glove straight up tickles his dick. And Chase <laughs> is just like, eh, whatever. With the blade at that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
has like no reaction there and just being like, huh? And it's like, that's, that's crazy. And then the, the glove just like blows out of the chair and rips his chest open and he crashes into the wall. And then for the second time in the movie, Heather wakes up from being asleep like, what happened? And again, he he was drifting off. Yeah. But that doesn't appear to be like what Heather being asleep is how he got killed. Yeah, he was drifting, but I mean it and it's not like they showed him drifting and then the next thing you know, you show the reality that he fell asleep behind the wheel. It's just he was drifting. And that's not right. what killed him. I mean Now stuff. what was dope in uh like when they did the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which isn't very good, but I would argue two trillion times better than this movie that had uh, the dude from Bad News Bears that also played Rorschach in Watchmen. I can't remember what that guy's name is. Um, hmm. But he played Freddy Krueger. But they introduced like this idea of like micro-naps that if you stayed up... It's a real medical thing. Like If you stayed up for like 30 hours, you would start like going in and out of sleep like every two seconds. But it, it would be like so quick that like you wouldn't know you'd fallen asleep. Yeah. And there's like this dope scene in like a grocery store where the guy's drifting off every two seconds, and like it's like a strobe light. So yeah. when he's drifting, you see Freddy like coming in, like coming closer to him, getting behind him. That's that's tight. But this, yeah, I didn't realize it until we start talking about it. Like there, her being asleep is how he got killed. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it, it's it like I said, it's a lot of plot holes, and this is this is. I'm glad this one happened early. Because it kind of goes, it keeps us from hopefully repeating ourselves too much in terms of that. Because that happens entirely too much. And the reaction from the, you know, the other people is just, I mean, I get it. It doesn't make sense, but it's it's nerve-wracking. And the police are at the door, and they're like, your husband's been in a car accident. And she's like, okay, is he all right? And it's like... You, you may, maybe at this point you would be like, oh, holy shit, I just had a dream that he got killed in a car accident, yeah. and I woke up and the police are here, and they're telling me he's in a car accident. Maybe he's being killed. And her reaction to her husband being dead is just like, oh, darn. She's like, I want to see the body. And then she goes to the morgue. Morgue guy comes over, and she's like, I'm here to see Porter, Chase Porter. And this and dad laughs so hard. The morgue guy goes over to the body looks at the toe tag and turns to her and he's like, you say Chase? <laughs> and it's like, is there another Porter there? Hey man, he's just being HIPAA compliant, man. Oh, this is Mike <laughs> Porter. Sorry. Don't look at him. Of course, his chest is like all gashed up from the, the wounds. Yeah. And, uh, and Heather just like turns around and throws up in the morgue when she sees it. Uh, so then we get to the funeral scene where they're lowering this dude into the ground uh, the priest is doing a prayer that has never existed on this planet before. Um, <laughs> and there's an earthquake during the funeral. The casket tips over into the grave. She sees that uh, her son, Dylan, has fallen into the grave. Freddie is coming through the casket, grabbing the son. Uh, she climbs down into the dirt with with uh, Dylan and Freddie. Chase's body reanimates itself. Looks her in the face, says, stay with me. And then, for the third time, she wakes up because she was asleep and dreaming at her husband's funeral. Yes. Correct. What? Stupid. Real dumb. Very dumb. Nothing puts me to sleep like a funeral 
that I'm attending. <laughs> For my spouse, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, you, I can't be bothered to think about what would have happened if my spouse survived and we raised this, this kid together. I just, I, I had to put my head down. <laughs> now, she at this point has gone even another step. She has seen Freddy attack her son in her dream at the funeral she's yes. currently attending. Okay, so this yes. isn't like an event. Like, the car accident was like she wasn't there for that. Uh, Randy and Pete getting murked by the claw. She wasn't there for that. Like, okay. This she this is happening at the thing she's doing right now. Yes, yes. They go back home. Dylan starts singing the One, Two, Freddy's Coming For You song. And this moron, Langenkamp, is like, where'd you learn that song? From that movie? Yeah, but you know, back to that. <laughs> yeah, that that um, we we kind of saw sold that a little bit. Like, who just has horror movies laying around that their three year old could pick put pick up anytime and watch? That movie is on the uh, is on the television, is how she puts it at one point. <laughs> Did he watch that movie on the television? <laughs> the television. There was like eight channels at this point in time. Yeah, in 94, uh, the pickings were slim unless you had a satellite. But even then, you had to wait forever for the satellite to remove or maneuver over again to watch TV. So at this point, she goes to meet with the actor that played her dad in the first movie. Yep. <laughs> to try to figure this thing out. She meets him at a uh, like a park. So Dylan goes off to play in the park. And... Uh, they're going to have this conversation about whether or not fictional character Freddy is real, despite at this point the overwhelming evidence yes. that he is, and he's straight up murdering everybody that you know. Yeah. During this time, Dylan climbs to like the top of a uh, like a rocket ship in this playground that is yeah. like 150 feet tall. Never seen one of those in a playground, and this is probably why. And he's like holding his hands up, like, uh, like going crazy. They see him. She sees him. And Dylan just uh, new jacks <laughs> off of this balcony and splashes Langenkamp a mile below. Both of them are totally fine. Yeah, it, it was it was weird looking when he did that. I was like, what is he doing? But then when he said what he was trying to do, it made it a little more sense. But it was just, it was just so. Weird. Why wouldn't you, if you feel like you need to do that, little man, you know, put on, why don't you put on some clothes and, and uh, fall ones that will keep you comfortable? Right. John Saxon is also like, uh, he's an Enter the Dragon. Really? Yeah, he's Roper in Enter the Dragon, the hmm. guy that plays her dad in this movie. He's done a lot of work, man. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in stuff every year, like yeah. forever since like the beginning of time till now. So I must um I must say it's it's surprising because I mean the cast for the most part. I mean because you know you can't have a lot of famous people in these movies because you spend a lot of movie budget on the effects. So if you had a the f budget effects and then you had to pay, you know, a bigger name. You're talking about crippling the project before it starts, especially when Craven wanted Johnny Depp. Really? Yeah, wanted Johnny Depp, said he was too scared to ask him, and then Johnny Depp was like, "Yeah, I totally would have been in the movie." Oh, see, that's how you—that's what you hate. <laughs> it's like it's—you're not asking him on a date, Wes. I mean, it's a business. Like, yeah. Just be like, dude, you want to be in the new nightmare? I know, right? 
Well, not, we're, we're... not that it would have helped, but yeah. So, excuse me. Sorry. M- moving on, he knew Jax off of the thing, lands on her. Uh, then we go to uh, back to her home. She gets in the mailbox. There's a piece of paper with an E, uh, like scrawled on it, and she like looks at it, frowns. It opens up a drawer filled with other pieces of paper with different letters on it. Just tosses it in and closes the drawer. Yeah, I mean, can't be bothered to be concerned. Uh, yeah, it, these things can't—they can't all be like related. Yeah, that didn't. Make I just any get sense. you know, I get a lot of papers with a lot of letters scrawled on it every day. That's just you know, that's life of an actress that was in a movie. Yeah, uh, ten years ago. I mean, they don't mean anything. They're random events. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's just normal. You gotta get o- get over it, baby. <laughs> she calls Robert England to talk about Freddy, and Robert England, uh, this conversation doesn't mean anything, but he hangs up the phone, and we see that he's has been painting, like, this insane Freddy picture, but, like, he appears to be surprised by it. By the, by how gory The thing he painted. Yeah. He painted it. Yeah, and, and and he kept painting it while he was trying to address her needs on the phone. Too, that's like so playing that's... like tic tac toe with yourself and being stunned at the outcome. Like I won. Yeah. <laughs> how how did how did it beat me? So Heather is sleeping now, and the glove rips through the sheet uh, again. Shark fins down the bed, tearing the sheets, and then utensils fall in the kitchen and she wakes up instantaneously yeah like if something fell in your house like a hundred yards away you wouldn't wake up like that second this is notable because this is the first time that the that her being asleep has resulted in the freddy claw not killing someone unrelated (laughs) yes exactly the the logic was it's like it's like they changed the logic up as the movie went along right it's like (laughs) Wait, man. I'm doing what Robert Ingalls on. I'm reading the notes I wrote about this movie and, like, dumbfounded at what's coming next. So, the, the utensils fall. She wakes up. She goes downstairs. Dylan is in the kitchen. And yes. he's taped the knives that fell to his fingers. So yes. he's like he's like little little boy Freddy. Strapped up. He attacks attacks Heather, and then Heather wakes up back in the bed. That was a dream. Yes, another. This one. is the fourth time that we've done dream within a dream mm-hmm. in this movie. She goes back downstairs after waking up from this this dream, and Dylan has assembled all the papers from the letter drawer. And it says, answer the phone. Heather answers the phone, and Freddy taunts her. Then a tongue comes out of the mouthpiece and licks her face. (laughs) And then Dylan goes into, like, a trance, falls on the floor. And Heather is, like, they go to the hospital. And Heather's, like, do you you think he has (laughs) epilepsy? Yeah, I mean, that... that, What? How? Sway, How? How does that even come close to trying to explain this? four dream within a dream sequences yes. in what I'm going to say happened in three days. In three days. Four people that you know of have been killed by Freddy. You've seen Freddy try to drag your son into a gravesite. Your son assembled the letters. You just answered the phone and a tongue came out and licked you. And you're still like, I mean, I don't know, you think he's epileptic? 
Nah, I don't know. What do we think this is? Is this autism, guys? I'm not sure. What is this? What has he got? Alright. <laughs> she, she is the dumbest character yeah. ever. I challenge you, anyone, to find a character more rigidly dumb than Heather Langenkamp in this movie. She is she is dumb in the movie, but the like I said, man, it's really go it goes back to the writing, man. It's just Oh my gosh. But from from this point on, it kind of double time, right? Yeah, things pick up now. They're like, we're going to give him some medicine to go to sleep. And then she's like, all right, Dylan, I got to go. I got to get out of here at the hospital. Yeah. Like, what What do you have to do? Yeah, I mean, what, what is that? What do you, you get some errands to run? It's nighttime. Mm-hmm. And for a movie star, her car is garbage. <laughs> She drives yeah. like a, a 84 Volvo station wagon. In 94 at that. <laughs> yeah, she got this like when she made the first movie. She goes to Wes Craven's house. Okay? She's still, she's after all this has happened, she's still like, I need Wes to tell me what's going on with this script. Yeah, it and just doesn't make sense. This, Wes Craven unloads a clip of dialogue in this scene that... It could, it could not make any less sense than it does. At first, he's explaining his writing process, and he's like, "I mean, I don't, I don't know where the script is going. It's like I go to sleep, I dream a scene each night, and then I write it down in the morning." What? <laughs> what? What's normal about any of that? She's like, "I think Freddy is trying to kill me." He's like, ah, "I mean, the only way that we're going to stop him is to make another movie." What? <laughs> He's like, you're going to be okay being Nancy one last time. And she's like, okay. This, this, this sounds legit, Wes. Then she goes back home. Dylan's still yes. in the hospital alone. She's like, should I go check on my kid? Nah, screw it, whatever. I'm just going to go to the house. And we see that she's reading a book about wow. whether or not all this could be caused by sleep deprivation. That's it. Flicks date. Flix tape giving giving kids research opportunities off of terrible movies since 2017. <laughs> so she just talked to Wes Craven, who who was like, "Yes, Freddy's attacking you. I know how to stop him. We have to make a movie." And she's like, "Buy it." And then she gets home and she's like, "Or could this all just be because we're sleep deprived?" Yes, this none this of it. Good. I was gonna say it's the the plot holes are so terrible. And and as it get, builds to the climax, you know, there's some little things that they did that I thought was going to be cool, but the but the plot holes are so terrible, and and it's like, it's like, on one hand you're oblivious to her, trying to get the, you know, get get this work her way through this whole situation and keep her son safe, but on the other hand, you know, man, I'm knocking on the door for as a lot of people that were on set, you coming to me and tell me what, I don't have to film it, all I have to do is plug it up, you, right. Stuff yeah, like it's, it. yeah. So she goes goes to sleep again. Kids in the hospital, whatever. Freddie comes out of the closet. We see like this is like the way that his like uh, he's aesthetically different. He looks stupid. Yes, he, he does. He, this Freddie looks so much dumber and less scary than the regular Freddie does. Attacks Heather. There's a second earthquake in like <laughs> no, sorry, third, third earthquake in four days. The first one. The one at the funeral, and now this one. Uh, she wakes up again from being attacked, and her arm's <laughs> bleeding. She's, like, completely blown away by this. 
Um, she races to the hospital to help Dylan. She's talking about Freddy. The doctor's like, Freddy Krueger? Yeah. And she's like, every kid knows who Freddy is. It's like Santa Claus or King Kong. You know, the two most recognizable people in a kid's world. Who do you want me to grow up, kids? Uh, I don't know. Santa Claus? Buy that. Everybody knows who that is. Or yeah. King Kong. King Kong. Freddy Krueger. Speaking of which, um, that Freddy Krueger glove seems like everybody in the hood owned one. Oh, like, yeah, man. I, yeah. Ha- yeah. Halloween, Halloween time. It was on. Heather falls asleep in the room, and we see Dylan uh, wake up in the oxygen tent that he's in for his epilepsy slash demonic possession. He's doing all these crazy, wacky Freddy voices. He, like, spews, like, motor oil all over Heather. Yes. And then the doctor comes in and is like, we gotta open him up. And the doctor holds up her her hand and she's got the Freddy glove on. And then (laughs) Heather wakes up from another dream. That, again, was about to kill her son... Who's mm-hmm. not asleep. Yes. This happens, and she's going crazy. No, yeah, because he's awake. He's been moved downstairs. He's not even in the room that she's in. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you said that. Um, The the actress that's trying to steal the show in this movie is the black doctor. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like, all in on, on her, her scenes. That, that made me think about what you said about everybody, nobody's mailing it in. She's going extra hard trying to make you believe she's a real doctor. Well, after Heather, like, wakes up from the dream and she's, like, jumping all over the bed and the tent, the bed that Dylan is not in, the doctor then, like, just uh, takes Heather hostage yes. in the hospital and is like, we're going to put Dylan in foster care. And it's like, that you, you can't, doctors can't do that. You don't like, have that kind of authority, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, the babysitter's there. Freddie bodies Julie. They remake sort of the scene from the original movie where she gets, like, drug up the walls and on the ceiling. Yeah. And yeah. it just looks, like, invisible, like, all oh, this is happening to her. But but uh, you, you, the viewer, can see that it's Freddie doing it. Mm-hmm. Dylan escapes from the hospital. Yes. Heather's chasing him. Freddie becomes a giant in a cloud that's like hovering over all this happening like freaking yeah. Lakitu from Mario Brothers. Just... <laughs> and yeah. then he's running across traffic in a giant <laughs> like like legit like a King Kong sized claw picks Dylan up and is like carrying him over the traffic. Like, why? No one is alarmed by this. I'm trying to figure out why he was so intent on fooling around with Dylan instead of just murking him. Yeah, right? I I didn't really understand any of that. And that's why I was saying he was telegraphing his moves. Like, he could have killed him right there. Just push him into one of the cars, right? Yeah, he takes Dylan uh, via Giant Claw. Heather gets hit by a car going, like, 60. Uh, Totally fine. Uh, she races back to her house for reasons unknown. Yes. She takes a sleeping pill that she finds in Dylan's bed and then crawls under the covers, I guess drifts off, and goes down a Freddy Krueger water slide, which <laughs> yes. ends with her launching out of a giant Freddy mouth face built into the stone uh, into a pool. And now we're in like the Mortal Kombat Shao Kahn yes. lair for wow. this final battle. Why would Freddy have a layer that allowed you to conveniently land in soft water when you could land in a torture chamber, right? 
Right. This is weird. Um, d- they join forces. Dylan's here too. We don't know why. I don't even know if he's really there or if Heather's just asleep and therefore he gets like transported into this. But he's there. Dylan stabs Freddy. Freddy chases him. He hides in like the fireplace as Freddy's trying to get into it. And there's a scene where Freddy leans into it with his with his regular hand in the fireplace and he's like, like his back to Dylan and he can't reach him. Yeah. And it takes him like 30 seconds to like crack the code on this and be like, oh, if I just if I just turn around and lean in the other way, yeah, I'll be A, facing him, and B, can grab him with the claw. Then, in a use of special effects that no one needs to do, Freddy, like, unhinges his jaw like a, oh like my a snake God. and tries to eat Dylan's head. <laughs> this whole thing, look, that, this is, um, this is crazy. Um, that whole part right there, um, because he did that and the, the special effects were corny, but what's the deal with why Dylan and that snake didn't, that snake didn't pop off? Did you peep that too? Like with the whole him trying to escape, but the snake was in the little walkway? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was stupid. (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, are you expecting that part of the movie to add up? That's where it lost you? We made it to the last 10 minutes, and you were like, I think it lost me in about 20 minutes. (laughs) Damn it. This didn't work. If the snake thing would have worked, we would have been good. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, then, like, there's, like, snakes, and then Freddy, like, starts his tongue becomes like a snake-like apparatus. He like lassos Heather with the uh, the tongue, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it was like a python tongue, which was really really weird. I like, I don't know, and I'm not gonna go back and watch them. I mean, I just would have to watch them again for point of reference because it seems like Freddy is doing a lot of corny stuff here. Yeah, yeah. 100% not scary. Yeah. So again, if their idea was to be like, oh, this is the real serious scary freddy it's not the snake thing's dumb she like stabs the tongue into the ground yeah uh, and then they trap him in like the little furnace thing and they blow they blow him up in like a legit mortal Kombat uh yeah. explosion because it's just like the the shitty explosion like gif that they just put over the scene yeah. that they were on like it doesn't even look like anything really blew up and then they showed the the shot of the explosion from above. I was waiting for the corny shot where you see of him like blowing head. out of yeah, it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was waiting on. I was like, "Come on, just just give that to me, if nothing else." So then they're back at her house, where she now has the script that oh, yeah. Craven was working on. <laughs> yes, and like as she's reading it, it's like everything you just saw happened. Of course, happened in the script. And at one point, they, they they made it a point to say that the Wes was actively writing the script, and he had stopped at the point where the little boy climbed to the top of the rocket. So you're led to believe um, that the rocket that that the, as he writes the script, it's of, of impact in real life. Right. He's writing real Freddy into existence. Yeah. And into existence equals into. Heather Langenkamp's dreams. Yes. Where then Freddy can just kill anyone on Earth. Anybody. Anybody can get it. <laughs> and there you go. That's the end, man. That's the end of this movie. I I didn't enjoy awesome. it at all. I didn't enjoy it at all. I, I mean, I, I watched it for flicks tape purposes, but I really didn't enjoy it. 
and I mean, I'm I'm not a big horror flick fan, but I wouldn't. I w- I think it's a stretch. Calling this a horror film film is really just all about the franchise because this movie, I maybe it's just me. It didn't really have any elements that frightened me. No. Yeah. No. I would have rather have been super campy, like Freddy, like taunting people, like. I would rather have that than this, than this movie. Yes. Yeah. That's just like, we really want you to get on board with the biggest moron in, in the history of cinema as your main character and her <laughs> woefully bad actor son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this was, I mean, I guess he got a check and probably went to college with some of this money if that was what, what he Still doing chose. stuff. Still yeah. acting. Hey, he got Nico that Hughes, man, still cranking it out. Way better in Spawn than this. Yeah, that's what's up. So next week, for week number two, we're doing a good movie. Uh-oh. I can attest this movie is good. This one comes suggested by another five-star review lever, our boy Mark Meat 6. Also, the second suggestion in a row to come from the UK. Step it up, USA. USA, falling behind on the five-star reviews. And he suggests the 2016 movie Hush, um, which is about a uh, deaf writer that lives in the woods and a killer begins to stalk her. I've seen this before. This movie is super dope. All right. So this will redeem uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for you. Uh, Yeah, sounds good, man. So there you have it. A new nightmare, which is really an old nightmare and new rapping. Next week, we will be doing Hush. Hush. And, and we, I look forward to it. And the Serial Olympics will finally finish round one next week. Um, I do apologize for the delay. It's just like Justin said, he's been traveling and I've had a lot going on, but we, we still <laughs> get done, though. We, we just represent for the squad. We're getting it done. That's what's up, man. And don't forget the hashtag FlixTape for your recommendations. Leave five-star reviews on iTunes and move to the front of the recommendation line and also um you know just just uh continue to rock with us we appreciate y'all see ya see ya